Government Marketing University's Gain 2020 Conference is where you need to be on Wednesday, November 4th as we spend the day learning and networking. Our agenda is forward-thinking, relevant, and highly interactive. We'll also announce our Gain Awards to highlight the creative work of government marketers. This event is cutting edge, focusing on the hot topics that all government marketers are dealing with. You will leave with relevant knowledge to enhance and accelerate your government marketing planning. Plus, all attendees will receive training certifications. Register today at gmarku.com. See you there. Welcome to the Government Huddle with Brian Chittister, a new podcast from Government Marketing University. My entire career has been dedicated to marketing in the government space. And in the beginning, I never cared about the why. I was completely focused on the how. It was all about the tactics, the analytics, the ROI, rinse and repeat. Then I decided I wanted to understand these programs and technologies the same way our customers do. It opened up a whole new world for me. And that is what this show is about, aligning the why with the how, taking a deep dive on current trends, making bold, educated predictions about the market, learning from expert guests, and discovering innovative concepts on how to respond to all of this. So join us as we talk about all things government marketers need to know about today, tomorrow, and beyond. Come on, let's huddle up. Hey guys, welcome to the Government Huddle with Brian Chittister, a new podcast from Government Marketing University. We have a great show for you today. Uh, today's guest is Jason Oxenhendler from Coalfire. He's been involved in FedRAMP uh, close to a decade now um, in a number of different capacities, uh, including as a member of the JAV on the FedRAMP contract with GSA. Right now, he works for Coalfire, uh, a 3PAO. Um, as part of the FedRAMP assurance team on the advisory side and works directly with clients to help them navigate the FedRAMP process, which I think we all know is pretty complex. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, Brian. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and just uh, let us know, what are you doing over at Coalfire with some of these clients? Sure. Well, I'm a senior manager on the advisory side of the FedRAMP assurance team. Uh, we have an advisory and an assessment side. So what I do is work with customers, large and small, to get them ready to go through the FedRAMP assessment. We do, I don't necessarily uh, assess the individual cloud service providers. Uh, other three PAOs do that. But we go through everything, starting with boundaries all the way through documentation advisory and everything in between, a lot of which comes up randomly so we uh you know put out the fires as uh as they come up but that's generally what we do uh from start to finish is take the customer through a journey uh to get uh, ready for a fed ramp assessment which as you mentioned is not an easy feat yeah i think a lot of us have been on that journey before and it's it's pretty long and arduous so i'm sure there's a lot of organizations out there that owe you a a, a big thank you for for the efforts you put in there thanks what, you want to do you want to walk us through real quick? What is the FedRAMP program? Um, and uh, I know I mentioned earlier that you've been part of the JAB. What was your role uh, on the JAB there? 
Sure. So before I became uh, a member of the JAB, uh, I started out in FedRAMP with a company that eventually uh, rolled into Rackspace. And uh, I was the program manager for my first day. It was here's FedRAMP, go do it. And uh, took a little research to figure that out. And that company, uh, like I said, rolled its way and became part of Rackspace and has long since gotten its ATO. Uh, that, there I was a program manager. Then through some things that had transpired uh, at the time between the PMO and the company I was working for, um, I was introduced to somebody by the name of Ashley Mahan, who currently happens to be uh, the FedRAMP director. She and I uh, actually worked together uh, six years ago um, to, and we, we became friends. And she, you know, uh, skyrocketed to stardom, uh, first uh, becoming the agency evangelist and then um, becoming uh, the FedRAMP director. And then I, I joined the FedRAMP team uh, over at GSA, where we started out the first two years, uh, we were ISSOs. We were uh, the go-betweens at the time between the JAB and the cloud service provider. Um, I was one of the three um, members representing the government agencies that make up the JAB, the uh, GSA, DHS, and uh, DOD. And we would um, review packages. Uh, a lot of times we would uh, review annual assessments, uh, see where things were as a result of continuous monitoring efforts. And then uh, I moved over to uh, the consulting side at uh, Coal Fire, where I've been since uh, 2018. Fantastic. So, I mean, you obviously have a lot of experience. And uh, just to back it up a little bit for our audience. So, sure. so most of the folks listening here today are going to be uh, marketers directly focused on the government space. And and I, I believe most most know what FedRAMP is, but uh, it's it's really a security posture. And it, in my estimation, it gives the government uh, a peace of mind um, when they're when they're looking to migrate into the clouds and procure cloud solutions. Uh, but I'd love to get it from you. How do you think FedRAMP has really helped the adoption that our marketers are putting out out there today? Well, FedRAMP is, as far as I'm concerned, as a security uh, professional, IT an IT security professional. FedRAMP has set the standard for security. It's that simple. It's probably, if not the strictest um, security framework I've seen over the last 10 years that I've been in IT. And, and it's not just for the federal government. You see a lot of um, other entities using the FedRAMP standards to secure their own environments. So it is probably, like I said, uh, the most rigorous, most strict uh, framework that's uh, out there right now. And it really, it, it's really stepped up security. And I think it's been a wake up call for a lot of folks uh, because it's very strict. There are things that possibly industry didn't realize were as important as they are now as they're going through the FedRAMP uh, process or they're considering going through the FedRAMP process. But I think it was very eye-opening uh, and it's a it's a it's a program that's continuing to uh, evolve. So there's no, going to be constant change with it. I think you're exactly right. And as as I've been going deeper into uh, into, into FedRAMP, I've seen a lot more um, opportunities, even within the state and local government, where FedRAMP isn't often seen as a mandate, uh, where they have FedRAMP as a requirement. And 
there's going to be a number of, of folks listening that probably uh, market to not just the, the federal government. So, um, so perhaps they're thinking, okay, maybe FedRAMP only partially plays with, with my ecosystem, but really uh, it's becoming uh, more than just government, but, uh, but commercial sector as well. Um, we've seen even commercial companies adopting FedRAMP as a best practice when they're uh, procuring some of the security solutions right. or, or even solutions they're looking to, to bring in house. So um, is that something you've seen as well? Yeah, I've seen it um, with FISMA engagements. Sometimes um, companies will uh, do a FISMA engagement, but they'll um, want to implement some of the FedRAMP control uh, baselines and enhancements and the controls associated with that. Really, FedRAMP is uh, NIST on steroids, as we like to say, because it's based off of the NIST 853 Rev4 uh, baseline. but the uh, PMO actually decides the FedRAMP baseline. So they add to it, making it, you know, for each uh, categorization, low, moderate, high, and, and low impact SaaS, they, they put their flavor on it and their, um, you know, that it really strengthens the baseline. So, so I mentioned at the top of the show that you've been, uh, you've been working in the FedRAMP space for close to a decade. I think it's around seven years. How have you seen authorizations change at that time? Oh, it's like night and day. It's like two totally different ends of the spectrum. When I started FedRAMP, there were three paths, two of which are still in existence, the agency path and the jab path. The jab path at the time was, and I'm making air quotes, the path. The agency path had not been developed. Ashley uh, took that into orbit and made it what it is today. Thank goodness. At the time... Yes, yes, she she uh, worked it out and and got the agencies involved and and really made the program uh, into uh, what it is today. Before that, the agency path, from what I recall, was not as popular. The jab path was uh, very popular, but very very difficult and very lengthy to get through. Uh, this is back around 2012, 2013, when it was all starting. Um, and Matt Goodrich uh, deserves the credit. He was this was his baby, um, so he started it all at uh, GSA. Also, at the time in in 2012 2013, there was a CSP supplied uh, ATO, which meant the CSP did everything and was able to uh, give itself an ATO. And it would go, I don't remember the exact process of how it worked, but there was that path. And I don't remember a lot of people taking advantage of that. Well, fast forward a couple of years, you have this agency program that has gone out into orbit and is uh, fantastic. It's, it, you know, it, Ashley uh, laid it out. She made the connections between cloud service providers and agencies. Uh, they have a great team over at the PMO uh, for CSPs who want to get involved uh, with agencies and possibly, you know, get their sponsorship for an ATO. And the jab path has also changed by uh, way of introduction of the FedRAMP readiness assessment. That readiness assessment didn't exist for uh, a while, and they put that in uh, as sort of a precursor to a major assessment to see where CSPs um, you know, were in terms of completeness and readiness for an actual FedRAMP assessment, given the rigor of it. The agency path uh, has also strengthened over time. And uh, now you have a presentation 
uh, you have to make to your CSP, to your uh, cloud sponsor, to your uh, agency sponsor, excuse me, and to the PMO. And also, I think a lot of people forget that even though the agency path has the perception of being easier, uh, it's not necessarily easier. It's rigorous. And also, you have to keep in mind that the PMO does get a chance to review that package uh, before the agencies do. So the PMO feedback is uh, taken into consideration. So the difference between the two, to me, there never was a difference. It was a ATO for FedRAMP and both are just as rigorous. There's more leniency with the agency ATOs because the agencies have more of a say in it because they're the ones who are issuing the ATOs. That's the difference. No, and that's a lot of good insight. And I'd love to I'd love to drop back a second and, and talk about that uh, that agency process uh, because honestly, I think that's one of the areas that folks in sales and marketing can really support um, the, the compliance process in and of itself. So securing an agency sponsor, uh, is one of the more difficult things to do throughout the process. Even, even though risk isn't as high for those agencies, I think it's the perceived risk that's there. Um, but I, I think it's the relationships that really drive home that agency sponsorship. And that really sits with sales and marketing, uh, outside of say, say engineering or, uh, or global security departments. Oh, absolutely. The relationship uh, starts with the sales cycle. Um, a lot of times sales folks are uh, leveraging relationships with folks they have on the inside contacts uh, to find out if a particular agency is in fact interested in uh, sponsoring a cloud service provider uh, for an ATO or if there's interest in purchasing uh you know, the, the CSP's uh, offering, the service offering. Uh, the biggest thing with everything, you know, starting with the sales cycle all the way through is communication with your agency. That is so key to the agency ATO path. And I can't stress it enough. I stress it quite a bit when I uh, go out with uh, my teams to do gap analyses and they're, you know, starting the process of ATOs. And, and there's usually uh, a representative from business development there who has a bunch of coals in the fire and they're just needing that extra uh, push, you know, push over uh, to, uh, you know, get uh, or at least make the connection, start the connection, start the ball rolling. And it takes some time. It does. But once you get that, once you're communicating and you're uh, transparent, you're understanding the operations of your agency and how they work, that I think is critical to the um, agency path process. Sure. And so and once, once the CSP is on the FedRAMP marketplace too, I think it's important for, for marketers to understand that that's, that that's a great place to be able to point customers and prospects to, to say, Hey, we're, we're committed to FedRAMP. We're, we are, I mean, air quotes again in process. Um, but right. we, we are committed to your cloud, uh, your cloud migration, uh, and your digital transformation through cloud. So, um, it, it's one of those things where you don't have to wait until that entire, audit is completed to be able to start your marketing cycle um, and start to to galvanize business. Right. A lot of times when we work with the CSPs, uh, they're starting out, you know, maybe in a in a gap 
phase, you know, looking looking for gaps to prepare for FedRAMP. And a lot of the benchmarks, the goalposts, it's always, uh, if it's an agency path, it's in process. And that in process does show, as you mentioned, uh, a cloud service provider's commitment. It shows you're dedicated to adhering to the rigorous process, which it is rigorous. It's, I mean, read about it on the FedRAMP website or talk to somebody else who's gone through it. But it shows that a company is committed and commitment is really important when you're going through FedRAMP. So getting on that in process, uh, getting on that marketplace with an in process next to your company's logo is a huge, huge benchmark. There's still more to go, but that is showing you're dedicated to the ATO process, preparing uh, you know, the deliverables that you need, uh, trying to get as many resources, human and financial as possible. It shows commitment. And you know, for me, the marketplace is uh, a research tool who has, who has uh, ATOs, who's FedRAMP ready, who's in process. But that marketplace is different things to different people. You know, for some cloud service providers, it's, you know, what's our competition doing? Where are they in FedRAMP? For agencies, it, you know, it could be a, a tool for them to see, well, which other agencies have sponsored this CSP? It's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But in terms of a marketing tool, that in-process designation or the FedRAMP ready designation is a big, big milestone. So, so let's say you're a marketer or... Uh, somebody listening to this and, and thinking, you know what, my company's not FedRAMP, uh, but I've heard from all my sales folks that we need to be, and it's definitely affecting business. Um, I, I know I've been there, and, and if, if somebody listening to this isn't there right now, they will be at some point. Um, where do you think the best place to start is? Who, who are the folks that they really need to influence within their organization to, to start this process? Because it's it's not only complex, but it can be costly. And that's why we call it an investment into the government. It's not just a, uh, a routine compliance process that you go through. So what's a good place to start? And who do you really need to reach with that message internally? Your C-suite, because they're the ones that are signing off on the purse strings and they and their buy-in is important. It's important for them to be on board with this endeavor with this venture i think the more you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen but you want to have a program internally that is dedicated to fedramp because it is a huge undertaking a lot of people misjudge uh the length uh, not the length they misjudge the depth at which fedramp goes not it not just in terms of the build out but in terms of cost, you know, I've like I, I was telling you uh, the other day, a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of controllers and finance folks, you know, when they realize what the cost is going to be. It's a little sticker shock, uh, right? Oh, it's a lot of sticker shock. Yeah, there's quite a bit of sticker shock. But I, like I told you, I never hear anybody complain once they're on the market as uh, FedRAMP authorized and the and the business and money starts coming in. But yeah, you want to have C-suite buy-in. You want to have a dedicated team. Uh, I I worked as a program manager for a FedRAMP pro, you know, FedRAMP uh, program internally when uh, I was working for the company that's now part of Rackspace. 
Um, you want to have your ducks in a row, your I's dotted, your T's crossed, because it's not just, oh, let's go get FedRAMP. It doesn't work that way. So, there are so what type of, of information there? So you said you said I's dotted, T's crossed. What type of information are they looking for? I know when when I've done some of these uh, uh, market assessments to to figure out what made the most sense, um, I'm trying to build out um, understanding what solutions uh, we need to take to FedRAMP. Um, and there's a couple of ways to, to go about it, um, what that market looks like. But what else what else besides just pipeline are the things that should be looked at as they're as you're pulling these together for the C-suite? So when a cloud service provider is ready to make the move to FedRAMP, you want to have a plan of attack. What's in that plan varies based on the size of companies. Smaller companies tend to uh, take on a lot more and sometimes get the money, sometimes don't. The bigger companies tend to get the money, but it takes a lot of convincing and it takes uh, time for procurement and things of that nature. So I would say the best thing to do is to have a plan. Know which path you want to take. Know how long it's going to take to get through that path. Because before anybody signs a check, they're going to want to know uh, the details of what's going to be done. Um, and FedRAMP is not one of those, oh yeah, we're just going to do a couple documents, uh, get an assessor in here, and that'll be it. The assessment is an elaborate assessment. It's, it's manual testing. It's documentation. It's uh, configuration settings. There's a lot that goes into it, and it really... Uh, if I were to if I were to have an ideal world, uh, every uh, FedRAMP engagement that a CSP has, I would I would require have a program manager and have a project manager. And FedRAMP requires not requires I should say, but recommends at least three people. So you need to account for your human resources. You need to account for uh, equipment. You need to account for whether or not you're going to use. Uh, an AWS or an Azure, or if you're going to do a private cloud, or if you're going to do a lift and shift from a current on-prem system to the cloud, it's it's a lot of research and it takes a lot of time before you uh, move forward. And the first person, first group of people, I would say you'd have to do uh, and get buy-in from would be uh, the C-suite and being planned and having those particulars together will make it that much easier for you. No, I think that's a great recommendation. A project manager uh, is is honestly at this point prerequisite. It's there's so many different business units. Like you mentioned, you have the HR side, there's the security side, the engineering side. I mean, the sales and marketing side, and you need somebody that can focus on keeping the project uh, running smoothly and, and on time, so everybody yep. else can really roll their sleeves up into their uh, respective specialties and and get their objectives completed but it's hard to especially if you're in sales and marketing let's say because oftentimes it's the it's the marketers that get tasked with being the project managers it's hard to focus on all the aspects and deliverables that you need to focus on uh from a from a marketing perspective in terms of FedRAMP, and then also try to keep the train running uh on the tracks too so i think having that outside project manager i think it, that's a great that's a great recommendation. And yeah. so, and, and how do you know? So if, if you're a CSP out there and you're saying, okay, we're, we're exploring FedRAMP, but th there's numerous different 
avenues. So we can go low, we can go moderate, we can go high. How do they know which is right for them? So FedRAMP, um, it, it, I mean, it's ba- your, your FedRAMP categorization is based on uh, a lot of uh, data types, the way you would do it for a regular NIST engagement using uh, NIST 860 Volume 2. Um, there is a standard set that is used for cloud, but if you have a particular type of information uh, that would uh, require, uh, you know, scoping, uh, then you you would want to use that as the basis. It's uh, FIPS, you know, it ends up becoming your uh, FIPS 199 document. So you need to see what, you know, what kind of data uh, will be uh, processed, transmitted, or stored, the federal data, metadata. Uh, there's a whole litany of, uh, of things to think about before you decide. A lot of people, you know, for a lot of uh, cloud service providers, cost factors into it. Uh, doing a low impact SaaS is a lot less costlier than a high system. But again, it goes back to the data types. What kind of data uh, do you have in, in that'll be going through the system? You have to keep in mind that it's federal customer data. So um, you're asking an agency to, to uh, you know, accept the risk for your system. So there's a lot of different factors that uh, play in there. The basis, the starting point, I would say, starts with data types and then goes from goes uh, from there based on circumstance and situation and, and things like that. So, I mean, so what I've seen is moderate's been seen as kind of the, the first step. Um, most of the data that that I think uh, CSPs out there are managing, especially within the government space, uh, generally requires when you're going. Would, would you agree? I would say the great preponderance of ATOs that I've seen uh, and the security packages that have gone through have been, um, I would say moderate would go, moderate would be at the top of the list, uh, followed by high, and then I would say low impact SaaS. I have only seen in my 10 years of doing this one low, one low ATO. I would say moderate uh, definitely uh, takes the cake. And a lot of folks sometimes uh, will add layers on, you know, a year or two later, they'll decide, okay, uh, we want to expand into the DOD space and they'll, uh, you know, go for an IL-4, you know, they'll add, they'll, uh, you know, um, uh, put an IL-4 layer on uh, or IL-5, you know, if you, if you get a FedRAMP high ATO, you automatically get uh, an IL-4 PATO pending a DOD review, but then folks want to do IL-5, and then there's another control layer uh, for that. So it it does leave room to expand for, uh, you know, future business too. That's something that's also uh, taken into account. So you may not want to do a high system right away. You want to start easily uh, at a, at a uh, IL, at a moderate system and go through that. And then you know, a lot of folks we see will do add-ons later on. And so do you, as a CSP, can you do business with the Department of Defense at a moderate level? Or is that, uh, is that a high prerequisite? They do have, they do have uh, IL-2, uh, I believe, is the equivalent of a FedRAMP uh, moderate ATO. I know when I was putting together uh, a business case for FedRAMP at one point, uh, we, we were pushing towards moderate and 
as I was looking at that cloud ecosystem, I kind of discredited any DOD just to just to keep it simple. Because um, you're right, most most will look uh, beyond just a FedRAMP moderate. You can still do some business, but I think it's a a conservative way to look at it. That it generally, if you want to do substantial DOD business, I think a high is probably a decent investment. It depends. Yeah, it all depends on what the a business case is, what the company direction is. Uh, it's really subjective to each individual, each individual CSP. Sure. So you've been around FedRAMP for a while. What do you think is next? Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of FedRAMP. I don't know. I love this program. <laughs> I've been I've been doing it in different capacities for uh, you know almost a decade now, and it really. I couldn't tell you. It is changing. The The landscape changes so much. I mean, now, you know, if you would have asked me two years ago about containers or Kubernetes or anything like that, I would have looked at you funny. But slowly but surely, that's going to start playing a role uh, in in FedRAMP if it already has. I mean, it has to a certain extent. Um, but it, it's that's what's great about it is that it is constantly evolving. It is constantly changing nothing is ever the same and i think if you're in it for the long haul you're going to experience uh, a really wonderful evolution uh, of technology of tools of uh insight uh as 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 the federal government progresses with this program i know uh of virginia has been uh very pro uh fed ramp uh in the last few years initially i don't think he was but um it's gotten the attention of Congress. Um, it's go. It's it's the future. It's that simple. I think it is just. It's the future. I think yes. While it has its kinks and bumps, what program doesn't? Um, the folks at the PMO are wonderfully wonderful. They're smart. They know what they're doing. It's a it's a great program, and I I can't see it going away. I think it will morph into. Uh, I'm hoping it will morph into a law, but you know that takes time. And I think it's just, it's out there and it should be embraced and roll with it and, and learn about it and, and become part of the, uh, you know, the FedRAMP marketplace and, and see what's going on and attend the webinars that the PMO holds and the, and the different meetings that they have and sessions they have at GSA. The more, you know, knowledge is power. So the more involved you get, um, the more, you know, the better off you'll be. They have a great blog. They have um, uh, FedRAMP tips and cues. Uh, it's it, it's out there for the taking. And I think that uh, the more people are make themselves aware, the less angst there will be about this program, which has really, really evolved into something that, uh, you know, I think uh, the folks at the PMO are very proud of. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, as we're wrapping up, um, in your role with Coal Fire, you work with uh, a number of different CSPs. Uh, any yeah. any tips? Any any common mistakes you see that uh, that you can leave uh, the audience with? Absolutely. Um, don't expect a miracle to happen overnight. I think there's an expectation that FedRAMP, for whatever reason, is an easy fly through process. It's not, I'm here to tell you it's not. I think the best thing to do is plan as much as you can, 
read the information about program, use whomever you're hiring for an advisory or an assessment, use and leverage their expertise and their knowledge. And I think when people get caught up in the, we need FedRAMP yesterday because somebody heard about it or uh, someone in the business development department said, we need to get this and, and do it yesterday. FedRAMP doesn't work that way. You want to have a solid plan. You want to have a solid team in place. You need to do your research. You need to do your homework and just be knowledgeable. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the key to it because if you're going into it blind just because you need FedRAMP, you're going to be in for a lot of rude awakenings, to be totally honest uh, with you. The, the best thing is to leverage the experience of the people you hire to help get you through it. Um, you may not like what they have to say because the rules are a lot more uh, intense and, and uh, rigorous than, than what you probably normal, normally used to with corporate security. And you have to you have to just pay attention and and be present for it because it can be very very difficult if you don't have the right resources in place. So I say plan, 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 and plan again. <laughs> and plan some more, right? Yeah. All right. Well, Jason, I appreciate the time today. Um, I know sure. I'm, I'm sure the audience appreciates the uh, the information that you have. I the the biggest takeaway I wanted to have today is that. Uh, oftentimes FedRAMP can be viewed as uh, an engineering or a security type of uh, type of workflow. And I, I think marketers and sales folks still have the ability to influence uh, the entire process. And uh, I appreciate sure. some of the insights you had um, supporting that. So thank My you very pleasure. much. All right. Okay. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Government Huddle about all things FedRAMP. If you have any questions you wanted to send me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter. My username is at ChittisterAB. And visit gmarku.com for more episodes of my show and others, plus more great content to help marketers like yourself. Stay safe, everyone, and I appreciate you huddling up with us today. Bye for now. <laughs>